time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes to chase trout, crappie, or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Sunday night to be with us. We hope to make it worth your while. We've got a great show lined up for you tonight. Think of this. You're 15 years old. You're fishing for your high school's uh, honor in the state championships, the team state championships. And here's the glitch. You're the only one on your high school's team. Hey, how did it happen? What happened? And uh, what was the outcome? We're going to find out about that more tonight. Also, we're going to have some great reports from Phil Friedman. Also, Captain Chuck Taft's going to be with us, Captain James Nelson. And then later on, Stan Vandenberg's going to take us on the tour of the Eastern Sierras and give us the latest information on what's happening when it comes to the great fishing that they're experiencing this season. But before we get it all started, let me introduce to you the co-host of Rod and Reel Radio. First of all, he's the voice of 1-800-BASSBOAT and a pretty darn good fisherman in his own right. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing tonight? I'm alive and well, John. Good evening, everybody. Hey, good evening to you. I, and I appreciate uh, you uh, shaking all the trees and uh, getting that report for us tonight, Stan. I look forward to it, and I hope the fishing's as good as uh, uh, we think it is. You know, fishing is fishing. Ready, and, and you got, you know, things that, that come up, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, like, you know, the storms that happened the day of the opener when the day before everybody's standing out there in shorts and a T-shirt Next thing you know, they get six inches of snow. So you never know exactly how it's going to be, but you know what? We go anyhow. All right. That sounds great. I'm looking forward to that, Stan. Also, I'd like to introduce to you the other co-host of Ron Real Radio. She's a national sales manager for Iserline, and she represents many other fine products in the fishing industry. Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how are you doing this weekend? I'm doing great. I just got back from the PCS show working with the guys from IGFA. All right. Man, what a full weekend that is. Guys, I, I hope that we can talk a little bit about our adventures during the week, but we've got our first guest ready. And as I kind of teased in the beginning of the show, we've got a young man on that really performed, I think, was an admirable feat. He's here with his dad to tell us all about the story. We've got Ethan Jones and his dad, Jeff, with us. 
Gentlemen, good evening to you. Good evening to you, too. Hello, how are you? All right. Hey, let me start you off with Jeff. Jeff, as I said before, uh, you're a young fisherman. Uh, you were representing your school in the state Nash, Nash, team championships. You want to kind of take the story uh, up from there, how, you, how this got started and, and basically what happened. Well, I, uh, I went to Father McGivney, and I told them before I went there that I wanted to come there, and if I did, I wanted to start a bass fishing club. And even though I was by myself, uh, I started it and fished for two years so far. Uh, last year, I wasn't able to make it to state, but I got fourth in my sectional. And this year, I, made second, I got second place in my sectional, went to state, and I ended up winning. Right. Well, first of all, what state are you in, Jeff? Uh, Illinois. All right. Now, you were fishing in a team championship. How many other teams were you fishing against, and how many fishermen were there on on each team? Uh, There were 65 other uh, teams at the state finals, and there was two fishermen in each boat at all times except in mine. Let's go back. This is Stan. Let's go back just a second here. To when you started this, you were the only guy fishing for your school. There's no other team part. Just you. Yep, it's just me. Okay. So, and and then how many other t- schools were you competing against there? Uh, there's 280 that started it off for the whole state of <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> Whoa! And you're fishing against alone. You're fishing alone against the other schools that have two guys in the boat, just right off the bat. Yeah, right. Nice. So, well, so you how many how many tournaments did it take to get through that first, that just the first sectional? Uh, there was actually twenty two different sectionals across the whole state, and there were between fifteen and twenty uh, teams at each sectional, and they took the top three from each sectional. So you, you had to fish against 15 or to, or 20 of the best teams out of the out of the different schools to start with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. took they they did 15 schools at a time, and each school could have up to th- to two boats entered. So there could possibly be, you know, two boats from each school if they had enough students to do it. Wow. Uh, and then. <laughs> Some of the schools had multiple kids where they could sub in and out, where two kids would be out fishing. They'd come in after a couple hours, get out of the boat. Two more kids would jump in the boat, and back out they'd go. They double-teamed you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Hardly hey, seems fair. <laughs> hey, let's talk to uh, Ethan's dad a little bit, uh, Jeff. Jeff, uh, tell me a little background on Ethan and and obviously he has a great love for fishing, and I've got a sneaking suspicion that you're part of that. Yeah, I probably contributed a little bit. When he was just about a year and a half old, instead of little kids watching cartoons and that all the time, he was watching Kevin Van Dam on TV. Uh, he probably didn't know what a cartoon was till he was about five years old. <laughs> And that's that's all he's ever wanted to do is fish. Now, uh, Jeff, was he 
was he a partner with you, or, or how did he learn to operate a boat, or was there a marshal in the boat that uh, was fishing with him? Yeah, they have uh, an adult captain in the boat at all times that runs the gasoline motor, and the coach, as they call it, was a guy that I used to fish tournaments with. And uh, that'll work. Him and Ethan have fished some tournaments together in the past, so he took on the job as coach, and they make a pretty good team. Man, that that is some story. Now, now tell us a little about fishing this. the state championship, Jeff, uh, uh, what lures or how did you go about fishing and what lake were you fishing on? And tell, tell us a little bit about how you caught your fish because i got to tell you, you're talking to a fairly big audience here in Southern California and a lot of bass fishermen. We just don't know a lot about Illinois' bass fishing. Gotcha. We were, uh, he was at Carlisle Lake in central Illinois. It's a man-made reservoir, about 25,000 acres, and uh, he loves flipping and pitching. So he was flipping and pitching jigs and rodent baits, Texas rig stuff, to the uh, a lot of the riprap, and that's where he had most of his success. Wow. Now, was this uh, final, was this a one-day championship, or was this over a couple of days, or what? This is over two days. But both days were cut short. Uh, the first day was cut short by an hour, and then the second day it was cut short by two hours. Ethan, how many how many boats are in these events? This the, the big event here. Uh, there was in the finals that I was against. There were sixty um, sixty six boats total. Now, could they swap out anglers midday on those two? Uh, yes, they could. Yeah, got it, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a heck of a thing. To have two fresh guys in the boat to to, to add to the weight, that's a uh, weight limit. That's amazing. Now you only got you're still weighing five fish at the end of the day. Yes, that's right. Wow. So, but I have a question. So, as far as those guys switching out, you actually probably had the advantage because you knew what pattern you were on, you knew where to cast, you knew what to do. Versus those new guys coming in, they watching in a boat that was next to their boat, or did they have to come go back to the dock and pick up the other two anglers? And did they did everybody uh, pre-fish? They had oh, okay. a full day to pre-fish on a Thursday, and then the tournament was Friday and Saturday. But, yes, they had a designated area. If they wanted to switch out anglers, they had to go back to a dock that was one particular designated dock and switch out there. Oh, well, so see, that's so it was towards your advantage then for just being not switching out fishing partners. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's still, that's, that's still plenty tough. <laughs> I don't care how you cut it. With only one person in the boat, he only had half as many casts as some of the others. Yeah, I don't care how you cut it. I've had to fish two tournaments in the last month alone. Um, and having without having a, a rod in the back of the boat or a guy that nets a fish uh, that you have on, um, you're cutting your chances down dramatically. Uh, and to be able to compete in that arena uh, and have the knowledge and the skills to compete against these guys, kudos. I mean, that's a great, great, great event and a great, great finish. I got to tell you, um, anybody that fishes tournaments would have to 
give you all the all the rights and <laughs> of passage here. You've done a great job. Right, Stan. Thank you. Dan, and here here's the big thing, uh, Ethan. How old are you? I'm 15. 15 years. Are old. you kidding me? That's great. <laughs> Look out, America. That's all I now, gotta say. Now, uh, what kind of support did you get from uh, a father? I think Father McGrindley High School when going out to fish this competition. The uh, athletic director of the school came in on the first day of the tournament for the weigh-in, and uh, there was a few other students there, you know, to show some support. And then the principal and the guidance counselor both came on the second day when he actually won. Um, it was it was pretty neat. It's it's a lot of attention for his school. He only has 96 students in the whole school. Well, I know what it is. I know what it is like going to a small high school because uh, the graduation class at my high school when I graduated was only 92, and uh, so there was only 400 kids in the school at that time, which was pretty small for a four-year institution. But now, after you won this event and you went back to to school, uh, did you have some type of a trophy? Does the school have a trophy case that you can you can put your bling in? Yeah, we just got a new trophy case for our uh, our new building. We're currently in a uh, a section of a yeah we have a we got a new trophy case and that's be the the first trophy to go into it. Wow, hey, you mean you have the first state championship for your high school? Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> hey Jeff, they can never take that away from you. Okay, now, I got a couple of questions here. Yeah, go, Stan. This is just too good. Uh, so, Illinois is not exactly the summertime uh, or the wintertime haven. I imagine it gets pretty bleak. So, how many months of the year do you really get to fish? Probably eight at the most. Okay, at, at the most. And a lot of times yeah, that's pretty time. cold weather fishing? Yeah, most of the time. So where where was your final here? Where did you end up having to go to to compete against everybody? Oh, we went to Carlisle Lake. It's uh, a big. It's a man-made re- reservoir in Central Illinois. Oh, so still in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. well that's that's good. I was thinking, how do you how do you prepare for for going someplace out of state? You know, especially that you'd have to change your techniques, maybe a little, not a lot. Um, but still, and how did you end up perfecting your, your pitching and, and flipping technique? Because most of that is a, that all came from California. Uh, I've been fishing since I've been two years old, and I fish nearly every single day of the summer, and it just takes a lot of practice. Yeah, it does. Wow. That's a skill, that's an art form that a lot of people don't understand, that pitching is something and and flipping too to be accurate and and understand there's a lot of knowledge in understanding which jig head or or which bait to put in, on and 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 what it's supposed to do. So that that's another little piece of the puzzle. That's very very good. I'm impressed. Thank you. Well, not only not only did Ethan win the tournament, he also won big bass for the entire tournament. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Got to love this. <laughs> A, uh, a three and a half, four pound 
four and a half, five pound bass is extremely nice fish here. We don't have the growing season that other places have. And he caught a six pound, five ounce on Friday. Wow. Well, he so, definitely I mean, picked was... the right time to call. Now, did the athletic director uh, offer you now a varsity jacket or sweater uh, for uh, being, uh, I would imagine, the head of the bass fishing team? Uh, they gave me a varsity letter and a championship ring. Out nice. of sight. Very good. And uh, just one last question. Uh, did you uh, really stir up a lot more interest in bass fishing at, uh, at the high school, and do you think you're going to have uh, a few more guys on the team next year? I'm hoping so. Well, you know, if you have a few more guys, it might mean that you might have some competition to make the team, but who knows? Uh, they might uh, give you a, a post on the team uh, for the rest of your high school uh, career. Yeah, that'd be good. I'd like to have a, a partner to fish with. All right. Have you had any of the um, manufacturers um, in the fishing industry come up to you and ask you for sponsorship? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, no, I hope so. You guys should go out and go get some since you guys are the are the champions. Yeah. Yeah, you, you that, bet. That'll hey. help a lot. Hey, well, uh, Ethan Jones and his dad, Jeff, we want to thank you a lot for taking the time to be with us on Sunday night and telling us your story. I, I tell you, it is such a great story that all young fishermen that are listening to us, or for that matter, some of the older fishermen, because, you know, I know a lot of guys in high school that are trying to start teams have a hard time starting it up, and even at the college level. So... We hope that uh, you act as an encouragement for uh, them, and we thank you very much for coming aboard on Rod and Reel Radio to tell your story. Thank you for letting me come on the show. All thank right. You, you know, the last time I watched this scenario where we had somebody with uh, talent that was very young, and we could see that there was very big potential for him to, to grow up and, and become a pro, because he was doing so well at an early age. And his mom was actually helping him at that point in time, was Aaron Martin. I watched him at 15 years old fishing with his mom out of the back of the boat. Or he was in the front and she was in the back and with her support. And, uh, and just like you, you know, he went to some great places in life, and you can see where Aaron is now. So all the best to you. And thank you, Dad, for taking care of him like that and promoting him. No yeah. problem. I appreciate it. Yeah, All right, I, I guys. Really hey, thanks a lot for being with us tonight. Hey, you're listening to Rod Real Radio on AM540 or rodreelradio.com. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back coming up with a Phil Friedman report. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. 
We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gabacatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gabakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gabakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gabakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gabakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will scent my lure with pride. And hope my boss doesn't notice the tan. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed sunken boats and outlast the hard-fighting largemouth bass. I will save water at home for better fishing out here and always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal. You know, I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. In Southern California, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, Stan Vandenberg's with us. So's Wendy Toshihara. And now it's time for a special feature on Rod and Reel Radio. It's with the voice, and the feature is, what the heck is Phil thinking with our host, Phil Friedman? So here's right now, without hesitation, Phil Friedman. Phil, welcome to the show. Be with you, and of course, great to be with everybody out there in the audience. Hey, Phil, man, this has been absolutely an astonishing end of May uh, uh, finish to, to... to the month, uh, it's almost unbelievable. It, I think it's even more spectacular than May of 2014. 
It really is remarkable, especially when you consider the amount of bluefin tuna off our coast right now. There's yellowfin tuna. There's mostly bluefin tuna. You talk about the quantity of bluefin. Sean Morgan was a, is a really good friend of mine. He ran sport boats here for several decades in the Orange County area, L.A., Orange County area. And Sean was out there on a yacht here recently and saw 100-pounders cartwheeling out of the water, football field size schools, a bluefin tuna. And I know talking to many of the boys today, they've seen the same. The spotter plane's been seeing the same from SAC. There's an, an incredible amount of bluefin tuna. It is mostly show, I would say, right now, not go. There's been some good hits at it, and there's been some picking and scratching at it. But, boy, I'll tell you, John, the, the fact that we have this grade of fish in this quantity tells me that we are probably looking at a huge June. All we need is a tick or two up in water temp. And who knows, maybe it'll be just when we click into this full moon in a couple of days. Bluefin are one of those species of fish like white sea bass, uh, blue marlin. You throw bluefin tuna in there. They have a penchant for biting on the full moon. And we're moving into that full moon with a grunion run scheduled for Tuesday night. And who knows, that might be the mechanism that kicks this thing into gear. One of these days, it's going to turn on. And when it does, look out. And boy, I'll tell you, you have got to go tackled up now. You have got to go with some heavier type tackle because these are truly remarkably big fish. It's really fantastic. You know, Phil, I was talking with some of my buddies that run yachts, and they're out there all the time. They, they said it's pretty amazing when you find the fish. There's not lots of them, but when you find them, they can be anywhere from 60 to 130 pounds or bigger. And, and they're, you know, they're, we don't have a, a giant volume, but there's these wolf packs of these big dogs running around out there that when you find them or they find you, it's game on, and you're exactly correct. You've got to be tackled up for these things. You know, yeah, absolutely, because they are, I mean, you talk about these fish, Stan, 100-pounders, 100 120-pounders, really giant fish. Well, uh, the one thing Sean Morgan told me, though, Stan, he told me he did see a lot of fish, a lot. He was, I mean, he, I forget the exact word he used, and I, and I probably could. I don't, well, I don't know what happened to Phil, but. Uh, he lost Phil, but apparently they've seen the volume in some other areas. There's a lot of it around where the guys are attacking and it just doesn't want to bite. So, it, but And I've talked to some, several guys that have been out there that, you know, when the big ones well, did bite, just, they were undergunned. I was just at the PCS show. There was a 150-pounder, 117-pounder um, that they had at the show. Evan Selby caught one of them. The other guy, um, I forget his name, Chris. Um, but there's a lot of fish out there. A lot of areas, they saw 150 and 200 pounders out there that wouldn't bite. So, okay. uh, so I would say go big. Go big. Well, yeah, well, yeah you yeah. definitely have to. They had a 130-pounder caught on a surface iron on the three-quarter day boat. Now, that's a little bit outside the normal box. So. <laughs> hey, guys, Phil Friedman is joining us back. Phil, you there? No, I don't have him back yet, John. Okay. Uh, hey. You know, guys, in last week out of the Balboa Yachting Club, uh, Marty Feinstein, he had a bluefin tuna that went 133 pounds. And on the same boat, his son weighed in one that went 170 pound, 107 pounds. So right now it's time to really start, as Wendy said, to gear up. Okay, Phil's back. Out of H&M Landing, uh, the six-pack, uh, the Joanne, they had three bluefin to 75 pounds and three yellowfin 
to 45 pounds. And we've got Phil Friedman back. Phil, we're still talking about some of those great bluefin catches that are out there. Yes, it really, John, it's incredible. And, and that volume of fish at some point is going to turn on. You know, we talk about mechanisms that make fish feed. We talked about the full moon. 67 degrees is really that water temp that likes, that, that you like to see these bluefin in when they really bite. And we've been looking at a lot of 63 to 66 degree water. So I think we're almost there where we're going to see a really big hit. Maybe, maybe one of those 100 plus scores coming up real, real soon. You know, uh, the fact that, uh, uh, sports fishermen from the United States and Mexico are unable to take bluefin out of Mexican waters. Uh, doesn't seem to be at this particular time affecting us because we've got great schools of bluefin that have been located at the uh, 209 and the 181 bank, and that's a mere uh, 32 to 36 miles out of uh, uh, Mission Bay and Encinitas, respectively. So uh, there are also great uh, numbers of uh, bluefin popping up at the nine-mile bank, which is just 12 miles off of San Diego Bay. So they're out there, and uh, the guys are catching them. Right now the recommendation is that if you're going to go out and you want to try and give these guys a test, as Wendy alluded to, 50- to 60-pound class setups are really ideal. Two-speed reels if you can make it. And this is funny. This is even if you're going out on a three-quarter day boat, Phil. <laughs> I know. It is fantastic to think that you've got that great a fish, this big game fishing so close to home. And if you listen to Bob Osborne, who runs around here all the time, surf fishing, and he's been fishing for a long, long, long time. Long, long. <laughs> he's really old. Anyway, he's convinced that in the next, year or so. He's not sure it's going to happen this year, but he's convinced that there will be bluefin tuna stand in the Redondo Canyon and the Redondo Harbor area. There's so much of it around, and he's a, he's a history student of looking back at the conditions and trying to compare them and everything, and he's convinced that there will be bluefin tuna back in the Santa Monica Bay here real soon. And it's hard to argue with him. It's, it really looks like it's headed towards something like well, that. Well, look, look at what happened here a little while ago. We had yellowtail just a three-quarters of a mile out of the harbor at, at uh, Santa Monica. Uh, they were, you know, we're talking seed rose-style yellowtail fishing. <laughs> out of the blue, we got 30- and 40-pound fish running around out here. And it's not nothing we've seen so far has been the tiny stuff. We've seen, you know, the big yellowtail. All of this yellowfin that's come up is 30 to 50 pounds. This is quality fish. Plus, wow. running into this 100-pound-plus this bluefin, man, it's been shoot at least 15 20 years ago we had a big 100 pound bluefin run through but you had to go south to get i cannot remember you know having it where it was this kind of in fact in my lifetime i've never seen it come in like this this close to shore i had I, i had eyes on a fish we were fishing the the uh marvin sweepstakes or the something over there uh, Catalina and I was running the boat and and had that that one year I don't know how many years back it was shoot it was in the late seventies early probably early eighties where that eight hundred and nine hundred pound bluefin was down there and they ended up wrapping them up out here someplace close to I don't know off of the, one of the islands but they came out of the water right in front of us wow but that's the closest thing to this that I have ever seen so this is unique to almost all of us I mean that are 
around now having bluefin come, like you say, if, if they come through the channel, that would be absolutely incredible. Well, guys, we'll have more on the bluefin with Chuck Taft when he comes aboard with us after 6 o'clock. But, Phil, another thing I wanted to get with you with, it seems like uh, uh, there's been a change in Mexican policy now where all fishermen that uh, go out of U.S. landings and go fishing into Mexican waters now must possess passports. And, and some people are saying, man, why this all of a sudden? But it's not all of a sudden. Give us a rundown on what's happening. Well, John, it's the Mexican government, and they're just enforcing a law that's been on the books, and that is, and it's, uh, you know, I mean, when you go into another country, whether you go by boat or by car, you're supposed to have a passport. So they're going to enforce this. And I just talked to Rodolfo Figueroa a second ago, and he's the head of enforcement for the entire country of Mexico. And I've uh, hooked up with him recently and going down to Tijuana to have some further talks with him on Wednesday, I hope. But I did ask him, can you have a passport card as opposed to the, the passport book? And he said, absolutely, you can. So you can carry those cards with you. I have one in my wallet at all times, just in case I'm in San Diego, and I have an important meeting in uh, Tijuana, like, uh, you know, I want to go down and have a Caesar salad at Caesars or something. No, actually, uh, they're very important meetings anytime I cross the border, especially if my wife is listening in Costa Rica. Mi amor. So muy importantes los reuniones. Anyway, um, so you can have that passport card and you'll be able to do that. But whether you're on a three-quarter day boat, John, going to the Coronado Islands or whatever, you are required to have that from now on. Yeah, so what that means is if you're checking on going out on a half-day or a three-quarter day trip out of any of the San Diego landings, that inquire where they're going or they will tell you where they're going, but you must have a passport, uh, or now that we find out from Phil, the passport card will work out. At least we believe it will. But if you don't have your passport, it isn't necessarily something you can do overnight. It normally takes six to eight weeks to get your passport after filing all the paperwork. There is an expedite that you can pay that I believe is about $60 that will uh, increase that process by uh, to, I think, a couple of weeks. And then if you go down to the uh, uh, U.S. Department, the State Department, you can apply for the passport in person, and you can get it expedited even quicker than that. But if you've been a three-quarter-day fisherman for all these years and not had to worry about uh, any identification there, your driver's license now, it just doesn't work because the Mexican government does not recognize a driver's license as proper identification you know the one thing i did find out i was talking to bobby taft about this because i've got several trips this year that um he said that you might call ahead of time to find out where the boat's going if you're gonna if you're gonna be on one of these trips that uh, uh shoot anywhere from a three-quarter day to a, a two-day or three-day trip the problem is it is if you're going to be inside 12 miles um it like going to the coronados i think right now is is a problem, but if you're if you're going to be offshore, um, uh, you may not need that. So check with the boat, check with the landings before you go. Okay, and it, it puts everybody in a weird position, however, though, John, and that is the boat can tell you, hey, we're going. Uh, let's say a boat's going to fish 18 miles offshore, and he's going to be okay. 
And he gets a radio call that it's just incredible yellow fishing at the Coronado Islands, and he wants to go in there, yet three of his guys don't have passports. I think the safe thing to do is just get a passport and be done with it, and then you're in good shape. Yeah, and just uh, as the rule reads, it says any trips entirely outside of the 12-mile territorial water boundaries, but within 50 miles of the coast, only require a valid Mexican sports fishing license for each angler. But I've got to tell you, you got, as Stan says, and uh, Phil, you got a CYA, and the best thing to do is to have your passport with you so it covers any contingency that might occur. Because the last thing you'd want to do is keep the boat from going somewhere where there's fish because of the fact that you don't have the correct documentation. Hey, Phil. Absolutely, Jeff. Great report tonight. Tell us, if we want to find out more about what's happening with Phil Friedman Outdoors or any of your current blogs or even your all-Spanish-speaking broadcast, how's the best way to get a hold of you? John, best way is to go to www.pfomedia.com. There's the soundbite there where you can get caught up on the latest fishing. The Pursuit just called in a live update. The Gale Force just called in a live update. You can hear those right now. In Spanish, you can go to aventurasaladelibre.com or go to aventurasaladelibre on Facebook to listen. I don't think we're going to go there. Oh, man, I'm sorry we lost you guys. I'm sorry we lost you, Phil, but... Hey, that's Phil Friedman with What the Heck is Phil Friedman Thinking? Hey, guys, we've got to take a break right now. This is Rod Real Radio on AM540, or you can listen to us at rodreelradio.com. Coming up next, Captain James Nelson, the fish icon with the local San Diego Inshore Report. We'll be back right after these messages. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. 
and Southern California. Welcome back to Rod and Real Radio. You've got Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So's Wendy Toshihara. And Wendy, you were just mentioning quickly, you were at a show over this weekend. Just briefly tell us about it while we're waiting for Captain James Nelson to come aboard with us. Captain James, ready. And uh, it was a great show. Nice to see everyone, and ni- nice to hear all the scuttlebutt about the yellowfin—I mean, the bluefin tuna. Um, they had a couple of them over there sitting on ice, and uh, everybody I know that's in the industry is heading out tomorrow or Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> and I will should, be one of them. <laughs> yeah, you should see uh, the launch ramp over at Shelter Island. I mean, it is. Come 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning uh, this past weekend, it was packed. But, hey, now, to find out what's happening, though, in our local Southern California waters, it's time for Captain James Nelson, the fish icon. Captain James, good evening to you, and how was this past week for you? Uh, Good evening, John. You know, it's been a great week. You know, we've had a a lot of fish that we could catch that we don't have to... uh, Go 30 miles and float around the ocean and hope they bite and look at them and get upset when they don't. Our fish bite. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Well, first of all, Captain James, I have to congratulate you. Uh, you decide to take a day off, and what do you do? You, you, you decide to invite an old broken-down radio man to come with you because I was looking for a fish to enter in the Yellowtail Derby, and... You wound up catching probably the fish of the season for us. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that experience? Well, it's funny you should say that, John, because, yeah, I mean, aside from that statement about our fish not wanting to bite, I think you and I were looking for yellowtail, but uh, we got a few other fish got in our way. We had, boy, a plethora of calico bass, and, uh, you know, I had that one fish that bit that uh, just started pulling on my sardine, and, uh, Wow, that was pretty fun. You know, I had that uh, white sea bass that that's, uh, I've got right here in my hands right now. I'm putting some nuggets on a little uh, cookie sheet to put in the oven. <laughs> that thing was uh, 32 and a half pounds and beautiful. Wow. You know, Were uh, you in the uh, sea bass tournament? <laughs> no. I, was in, I was in no tournament, Stan. That's how you catch fish, don't you know? <laughs> my, my fishing partner, Mike Ruho, runs the yachts and and all the people were calling him. We're in a tournament on Saturday, and everybody was calling him, going, "Where should I go to catch a sea bass?" You know, <laughs> now, I've gotta, James. I've got to. I've got to tell our listeners that Captain James and I ventured out to La Jolla, and Captain James, I've been out to La Jolla a lot, but I do not recall seeing a time when there was more life in the water and more varieties of fish that we were running into. They they were in spots, and there were some spots that, you know, had nothing. But, boy, when you got into them, they were there. They, they were, John, and I still can't get over those mackerel. I mean, we were getting mackerel that were about, what, three pounds almost. I mean, they were huge. Yeah, and it, it was just... You know, we could have had our way with nice calico bass all day. When I say nice calico bass, we were bringing in calico bass that were three or four pounds and and up we were catching them on plastics but our main goal was to try and catch some yellowtail and as captain james was saying we were slow trolling some nice sardines that we had gotten from everingham brothers over there in in mission bay and and i've got to tell you they were racehorses they were beautiful sardines 
And the next thing you know, uh, Jim is hooked up and it's game on. But, hey, Jim, one of the things I noticed, though, when uh, we landed that fish and I took that fish, uh, that hook out of its mouth, that hook seemed to be a little bit small. What, what hook were you using on that sardine? I believe I was using just a regular little two-aught and uh, that had uh, the little ring attached. Well, you know, it is amazing how a 32-and-a-half-pound white sea bass will make a little two-aught look so little, especially when you're trying to get it out of its lip. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it, it, was a, it was a fun thing. It was something that was different and something that I think uh, leading up to that, the only uh, white sea bass that I've caught that was even close to being a keeper was still under. So I don't think I've caught before a uh, sea bass that was more than, I don't know, 24 inches. Now, so. uh, Jim, we got, we got to tell our, our listening audience, and especially people that are thinking about maybe going out with you, this is the type of a trip that you will offer as part of your guide service. But a lot of times when people go on out with you, they want to catch. They want to catch. They want to catch. It's a shark. It's a, a spotted bay bass. It's the bonefish. It's calico, something like that. This type of trip, though, is a little bit different because you've got to hunt and and try to find the right sides and and do all kinds of different things. And, yes, we were catching mackerel and we were catching calico bass, and I think we could have done that all day. But to catch the fish we were really after, it was a little bit more difficult. And if you go out on a charter like that, you have to have a little patience, and sometimes you can come up dry. You know you can, and and that's that's the that's the one thing you got to do is when you're target uh, fishing, you either have to stay on target or adjust your uh, goals throughout the day, and that's that's something that you just have to consider. And you know when I get folks that like today, I mean, I I know there's a good yellowtail bite, but if I get folks that just don't want to go out there, then we don't go out there. We we stay in the bay, we have fun, we catch fish. You know, everybody's got their own goals in mind and what they want to achieve through the day. And that's the, the great thing about living where we do. I mean, you can meet those goals pretty easily. I mean, this, if you want to go catch uh, sharks or bonefish or bass or, you know, you've got that. You can go to our lakes. Our lakes, you know, are just full of fish throughout the year. I mean, it's just a great thing to do. And so you can adjust that. The best thing is if you uh, call me or go out with any guide, your private guide is the is your best ally if you just talk to them. Tell them what it is that you're looking for, what you want to do. You know, you don't always have that luxury when you go on the bigger boats. You're, you're kind of more fish in the bite. Those guys are good at doing a, what they do on those boats to make sure everybody gets hooked up. But it's a little different when you're on a private guide. You're, you've got a little more of a, a calling the shots, so to speak. You know, James, I'm not, oh, go on. James, do you, do you get out as far as the nine-mile bay? Uh, yes, Annie, I do trips out there for folks that want to do that. But again, you're looking at uh, pelagic fish. You know, there there's something that you've got to you just got to be on them and stay on them. I mean, look at the guys who went out to the tuna grounds. I mean, there's a, you're hearing a lot of success stories, but that's because that's what you want to hear. Yeah, and I suggest nobody, if you're going to do that, you better call Cousins and gear up, buddy. <laughs> Get some bigger gear. You know, uh, uh, also, James, I'm not. I'm not basically saying that if uh, someone goes out for yellowtail that you don't know the places for yellowtail, but I was being pretty specific. I I wanted to go out to a spot because 
I want to get a fish to uh, enter in the Yellowtail Derby, and right now, Rick Maxa, Maxa is leading the Yellowtail Derby with a 45-10. And I know that some of those Yellowtail that you can find right off our local kelp, that uh, they're going to be fun to catch, and they're going to be in the 15- to 20-pound range. So I, I was kind of going for the fences, and it turned out I couldn't get it over the fence, but at least... Uh, uh, you uh, made the day shine with a 32-and-a-half-pound uh, white sea bass, and uh, thank you for sharing that with me. Stan, you don't realize how big that fish. I looked I looked at that fish, and I, I swear I thought it was 50 pounds. It was a huge fish, and it turned out we waited over at Dana Landing, and it was uh, 32.5. So, and, wow, we uh, filleted out, and... The amount of meat you get off of one of those fish is tremendous. So, Captain Jim, see, thank you, you for sharing that. When you see a 30 pound yellowtail or a 30 pound white sea bass, I don't care what it is. over 30 pounds, I don't care what it is. That's a lot of fish. And 30 pounds is, I don't care if you got a 30 pound white sea bass, that's respectable. You got a 30 pound yellowtail, that's respectable. In, in anybody's book. Because the white sea bass, I mean, unless you're down and you're, you've been in one of the age-old bites, and you've been fishing for them a while, a lot of people don't never catch a, uh, a white sea bass even close to 30 pounds. I mean, uh, I've had boat rides where I went on the Champ way back when when Joe Dunn came out, and we were on a white sea bass bite that was an epic down in San Cantine, and uh, he walked down, put a bait in the water, caught a 52-pounder, and put it on the deck, and and walks back up the ladder, and I told him, man, that was impressive. He goes, don't tell anybody. That's the first one he's ever caught in his life, and he owned a boat. So, I mean, when you get one, <laughs> you get a big one, it's it's special because not everybody gets a chance to pull on one of those. So, you know, that's a, that's a really great fish. You know, Stan and uh, Jim, another thing that uh, Jim did is he kept the head of that fish, and he kept it for uh, uh, two reasons. Number one is to send that back to Hub SeaWorld to see whether or not that was indeed a tag fish. And then number two, there is the trophy prize in the, the head of a white sea bass, and it's it's called the stones. And that's something for sure that uh, you want to keep. Uh, so I know, Captain James, you, you kept that head of that fish. Have you done anything with it yet? Uh, no, not yet, John. It's sitting in the freezer waiting for uh, – I'm going to get some assistance. we got a few friends of ours that – work and or at this time of year they're about to be living down there at fisherman's processing so i know that they know how to get get into those things so i'll let the pros do it <laughs> so yeah you can make yourself from earrings <laughs> <laughs> now, i don't know i i i i've never seen the stones from a, a sea bass that large but i got a i got a feeling that they're going to be uh, substantial earrings uh stan I, I would bet, you know. Jim will have to figure out what to do with them. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure I'll figure out something. So, know? Captain, <laughs> so Captain James, I, I know May is looking real good for you when it comes to bookings. You're spending a lot of days on the water. But another thing I want to commend you about is that when you actually did get a day off, instead of sitting there working on the boat or maybe catching up on the paperwork, or maybe even doing a little relaxing and everything like that. You went out and you did a seminar at one of the local schools on boat safety, and I've got to commend you on that. How'd that go? Well, thanks, John. You know, it's it's a great thing that we've done in the past, and uh, 
it's just a neat thing to do right at the end of school. You know, kids most likely are going to jump on a family member's boat or or another. So it's just good to just cover some of the basic stuff that that may be forgotten in the you know when folks are getting on the boat, they're putting the kids on and make sure they got snacks and they got all this that and the other. That sometimes they forget to you know talk about. Okay, this is way you uh, act when you're on a boat. This is what you do, and here's your life jacket, and you better wear it, you know, those kinds of things. So it's just good to cover, you know, just the basic stuff. I want everybody to get out there, have fun, and be safe. You know, when it you, comes to... You know what, Jimmy, i I got to give you credit for... You're, you've got such a great guide service, you know, and you offer so much to the public that uh, is out there. Not a lot of people can can offer what you offer to be able to go do what John did or just stay in the harbor or go catch a shark or go catch a bonefish and then have the, the wherewithal and, and have the take the time off to go speak at the, at the schools like that, I want, which is a, that's a, a tougher thing than people realize, too. You know, what do you tell kids? You know, those are, that's a very important, but be able to do that, you, you're doing a great job and you're a class act, bud. You know, and... Hey, Wendy, if you're with us, I've got to tell you, while James was fighting that fish, and i got to tell you, that cousin's rod that he had over had him bent over pretty good, and that thing was pulling hard, and uh, I didn't know whether or not it was in the kelp or where it was. One of the things that came out of James's mouth was, thank God I have Iserline on. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, James. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, Wendy. You know, it sounded a little pitchy the way John set it up, but it's true. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> Those are the honest to God truth words. Well, hey, Captain James, uh, you know, uh, there's still great fishing to be had out there. As you say, if people don't want to venture uh, uh, out of San Diego Bay or out of Mission Bay or along our local kelps, uh, uh, what kind of fishing can be had? And tell us, how's the best way to contact you? to find out if they can fit their schedules into your schedule to go out fishing. Well, thanks, John. You know, and again, I, I can't say it enough. This is a great time to get out there. It doesn't matter if you're going on the lakes, bays, or you want to go a little bit out further out in the uh, either to one of our inner banks, outer banks, or you want to go in the kelp. Uh, whether you go with me or somebody, just get out there because now's a great time to go. Uh, and uh, I do have plenty of bookings still available. Uh, June does look pretty packed. May is pretty much done. <laughs> Go, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but if they want to get a hold of me, you can always uh, contact me on the website at dfishicon.com or give me a call at 619-395-0799. All right. Well, Captain James, we want to thank you for being with us. Thank you for uh, uh, treating me to a great trip with you, and I got a taste firsthand of the class treatment that you offer all the clients that have the opportunity to go with you. We look uh, forward to uh, talking to you during the week, and I'm sure next weekend on Rod and Reel Radio. Thanks for being with us. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Hey, Stan and Wendy and I, we got to take a break right now. This is Rod and Reel Radio on AM 540 or at rodandreelradio.com. Coming up next, Hopefully, if we can get a hold of him, Captain Chuck Taft from Sea Adventure Sports Fishing, he's going to tell us, give us a little more details about what's happening with this great fishing we're seeing off our Southern California coast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages.
You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will never use that fakey fluorescent pink bait or drag my hula popper through the mud. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed stumps, rocks, and submerged station wagons. And outsmart the ravenous river otter. I will save water by taking shorter showers for higher lakes, and I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. Hey, everybody. This is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419. Or their website of CedrosOutdoorAdventures.com. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hey, Southern California, welcome back to Rod and Real Radio. I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy, Stan Vandenberg, Wendy Toshar is with me. Hey, and uh, we uh, were advertising that Captain Chuck. Taff would be with us. He's going to be a little bit delayed. So I've asked John Campbell, tournament director for the 2015 Yellowtail Derby, to give us a quick report on what's happening going into the last week of the 2015 Yellowtail Derby. John, how's uh, how's it going with the guys bringing in fish? Yes, they are. Uh, unfortunately, some of the big fish they're bringing in uh, they haven't uh, joined the, the Derby, but uh, some of them have. So. 
<laughs> yeah, it's pretty exciting. I was at the spring uh, shootout at the Marlin Club on Shelter Island uh, yesterday, and a 52, excuse me, a 42-pound halibut was brought in by uh, Bill McLeod, who's been in the tournament every year, except he went to the East Coast for three weeks and got tired and forgot to call me. No. So, oh. then, but Neil Barber, uh, the winner from last year for Yellowtail Derby, brought in a 25-pound halibut, so he's in first place now. In the halibut section? In the halibut section. In yeah. Yellowtail, uh, Eddie Howerton uh, came in uh, yesterday afternoon with a 28-7 uh, yellowtail. Nice, nice fish, but that only gets him to fourth place. Right. So uh, uh, Rick Maxa is still leading it with 45-10. That's, uh, that's a, a, a great catch. But uh, a Marlin, at the Marlin Club yesterday, a 44-pound yellowtail was weighed in. But unfortunately, that guy wasn't in the, the derby either. But it does say that there are other big fish out there. Oh, you know. Have and, you considered Have you considered a bluefin category for next year? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the Marlin Club added uh, tuna, any any tuna, uh, to their tournament, which was basically yellowtail, white sheep bass, and halibut. And there were quite a few. Uh, bluefin tunas that came in, but none of any, of any size. They're all small. All the ones I saw that were weighed in, I'd be surprised if uh, the top one was uh, more than 20, 20, 25 pounds. Right. Now, John, uh, uh, you know, we caught uh, off of La Jolla uh, a 32-and-a-half-pound white sea bass. I thought that thing was a giant. And then I, I look at what's leading uh, the Derby this year in the White Sea Bass Division, and I'm astounded. Oh, the 45 pounder? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was last uh, Friday, I think. And the the young fellow uh, he sent a picture in, but uh, he joined Thursday morning. Oh, excuse me, he joined Thursday afternoon. He went out fishing Friday morning uh, out off Mission Beach early in the morning and caught that 45 pound. Uh, just a straight 45-pound uh, fish, and, and brought it in and took a picture. And it, so he's he's in first place on a wow. kayak. On a kayak. Hey now, John, we only have seven more days of the Yellowtail Derby to go, but that's the bad news. But the good news is, if there are people still scheduling to go out this week, they can still enter the Derby. How do they go about doing that? Absolutely, they can go online to. Yellowtailderby.com, and you can go online and and uh, and uh, that, or call me, John Campbell, at 619-991-5480, and uh, we'll arrange to uh, get them hooked up. There's two people in the last six years uh, have have joined in in the last last week, and one, you wow. know, and one of them not for three hours in a kayak and beat everybody. I think it was in 2010. Oh. Now, what will happen is the culmination of this will uh, end, and then there will be a big award ceremony coming up next Sunday night. You want to tell us about that? Yes, uh, the awards party is at the Valley High uh, for the seventh time. Uh, Larry Bellman and staff uh, treat us very well there, and it would be pretty exciting. And, of course, the winner, you, you know the, the drill, John, and thank you again. Uh, for volunteering to be the MC 
They're great MC and, and uh, make it a lot of fun. The winner there, we weigh him in. Or, excuse me. We weigh them in. Them in. What might be. And uh, 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 they get their weight in Bells Point Tail Ale beer. And it's the only part of the tournament you can, uh, you can cheat. You can put weight belt on. You can put your boots on and fill them full of water. You can put a jacket on, whatever it is. But uh, it's a colorful part, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. I know it's got to be a tradition now for the Yellowtail Derby. It, it's a lot of fun when, when you think it's all over, when all the prizes have been awarded and everything like that, and you think it's time to go home. The real fun begins when you uh, uh, bring out the, uh, the what do you call it, the scale of ale or, or something like that, and you get the fishermen on that and start loading up those cases of Ballast Point Pale Ale on the scale. It's so colorful and fun. I mean, it's, it's the, the least part of the four to $5,000 in cash and prizes a guy gets, but it's the most fun thing, and it's, it's the most talked about amongst the, uh, the fishermen. They kind of look forward to that moment of being the one. You know, uh, so it's, it, it is the scale O ale, we call it, and we've got a nice sign for that. But uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun, and uh, come one, come all. And I look so, forward to seeing everybody down there uh, next Sunday, 2 o'clock. It starts at 2 at the Valley High. But we want to remind people, if you are going out this weekend, you're going out on a half-day boat, three-quarter day boat, you're going out as a private boater, whatever it is, and you're not in the Yellowtail Derby, there's still all kinds of prizes to, to be won in all three categories. Uh, John has gone to a lot of effort to get cash and prizes. I, I can't believe uh, all the stuff that you hand out during the course of the award ceremony, John. And I know this year will be bigger and better than ever. We we want to wish you a lot of luck, and, and thank you for being with us on Raw and Real Radio. We look forward to being with you next Sunday night. Oh, we look forward to having you there, John, and anybody else on your staff there, Wendy and, and Stan or whoever you got down there, just come on down. All right. John, thanks for being with us. Good luck, and congratulations on running the biggest event in the seven-year history of the Yellowtail Derby and your dedication tracking down all these guys that need their fish weighed and being there to, to help them out. Thanks a lot. Oh, my, my pleasure, and thank you, John. appreciate everything you do. All right. That's John uh, Campbell from the International Yelltail Derby. Hey, Jr. I just want to check, uh, have we been able to get a hold of Chuck yet? Still getting, still trying. All right, we're still trying to get a hold of uh, Chuck Taft, and, you know, as, as we're doing that, guys, this is just a, a banner year to go fishing, and I'm looking at, at the boats, and, boy, if you want to go fishing next weekend or anywhere near close to it, you've got to get the word in right now because especially with these bluefin tuna that are, you know, within 30 miles of our coast, even the three-quarter-day boats are going out and getting them. And I had asked uh, uh, Bill Wilkerson from the Malahini to be with us tonight, and unfortunately he's running the boat, and what these guys are doing they're going on out, running on out there, 35, 40 miles, trolling around, trying to get their uh, customers hooked up to these bluefin. So, uh, you know, make your reservations soon. Hey, now, hey, it's my pleasure to introduce our listening audience to the owner-operator of Sea Adventure Sports Fishing, 
I've been out with him out on the legend. What a great trip that was, and what a good boat that is to go on. He's got the latest on us and what's happening with these fish off our Southern California coast. Captain Chuck Taft. Captain, welcome to the show. Hey, how's everybody doing? We are doing good, well. Chuck. You got Stan and Wendy, but we gotta we gotta ask how are you doing because you guys are right on the cusp, I think, of a great season right now. Well, there is sure a lot, huge volume of fish. I've never seen as many big spots of breezing fish as we saw yesterday. Um, acres and acres. Uh, thousand ton spots, hundred ton spots. Unbelievable. Probably the biggest spots of fish I've ever seen. When did this anywhere, stuff move up, Chuck? It moved, it only had to jump up about 12 miles. It's just right on the edge of the border. And the beautiful ah. part about this, we don't have to give Mexican a friggin' dime out of this. We're fishing without <laughs> having a passport, and the fish are in U.S. waters. So there is a Santa Claus. Boy. <laughs> now, now, Chuck, why do you think these fish are coming up? Is it food? Is it water temperature? Is it There's because so they like red crab around right now that they're feeding on? It is just absolutely everywhere. Uh the night before we got there and got there at 4.30 in the morning where we wanted to be, got a little school of fish. Before daylight got there, I had 30 fathoms of red crabs around the boat. You really? Scooped, you could have just scooped them and brailed all you wanted. I've never seen red crabs like this. Wow. Um, they're in the bay. They're everywhere. I mean, it's way up here. The week before, we were way down below, and we caught yellowfin tuna down there, and but um, we didn't see any sign of the bluefin. All the bluefin are up in this edge. The water is 66 degrees, 65.9. You know, it's just beautiful, beautiful water, and there's a huge, huge area of fish. Uh, yesterday, all the long-range boats were there. Uh, we were there. A couple three-quarter-day boats made it out there. And if uh, this fish decides to bite, it could be just phenomenal fishing. I mean... The size of some of these fish are just unbelievable. They weighed a fish in on Wednesday, 127 pounds that they caught on the Joanna. Wow. You know, we t uh, tell us, so how do you tell your customers how to gear up for these fish? Because uh, you don't know whether or not you're going to run into a school of 20-pound fish or if you're going to run into a school of 100-pound or plus fish. Well, I just tell everybody that, you know, you want to fish with 30- and 40-pound tests. Gear up for your normal fish. If you get lucky and hang a big fish, take your chances. I mean, you can't just gear up for uh, a trophy fish. you got to gear up to where you think you're going to get the most bites and be the most productive. So, um, you know, in a 40-pound test, you, you, can, you can have no problem catching one of them big boys. Uh, you may have to work a little harder and take a little longer on it, but... 40-pound test is way more than enough to catch one of the big boys. <laughs> the one thing you need, though, make sure that your 40-pound test has a 40-pound stick under it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's well, going to be important because if you, if you haven't got the right rod that won't, that won't return, you know, won't pull back for you and it bottoms out, that becomes a real task. I've watched guys just struggle and struggle, even with the... the 40-pound line with a little bit of wrong gear, it can take you for a long way. And 
the longer you're on the fish, the more likely you're, you're going to lose it, especially with the depends on the hook size you're using, too. But uh, there's a lot of angles on that dangle. But the fact there's that you can get one of them to that. is I mean, good. The longer you fight a fish, the bigger the wear gets in the mouth and stuff, the easier there is for the hook to fall out if you get any slack in the line, for the line to get frayed and stuff. But, you know, it's really hard to say. You just got to shoot your best shot. and guys, you got to get them hooked first. Re- guys don't realize. They can pull a hell of a lot harder than people really think they can on these fish. Yeah. The week before, we fished down below, and we released 12 of the nice big tuna. And we had some fish on 30- and 40-pound chests, 30- and 50-pound fish that we tried to break off, and I literally grabbed the line and wrapped it around my hands and jerked the fish halfway out of the water. So that line don't break quite as easy as people think it does. <laughs> yes, especially when you put it up to 40-pound string. Yeah, Wendy, go ahead, Wendy. Can't I just go out there as soon as we run up on the fish and they're all boiling and frothing over? Can't I just throw my 100-pound stick out there and then and then later on <laughs> go with the lighter line? <laughs> you can do anything you want. You have that opportunity <laughs> when you go fishing. I don't so. know, Chuck, when I was out on the legend with you a couple of weeks ago and I hooked on that big fish, you came down there and you go, Cassidy? He says, next time you come aboard, I'm going to check you to make sure you don't bring that bass fishing rod with you out there. I hate it when you catch <laughs> fish on that thing. But, Wendy, I've got well, to tell you, i got to take words out of James Nelson's mouth. I had, even though I had that swim bait rod and the swim bait reel on there, I had it topped off with a 25-pound Iser line, and it did the job for me. Great. Well, there, there you go. So... <laughs> You know, if people don't realize how hard that you can really pull on a fish and stuff, when you put the right pressure on it and stuff, don't point the rod at the fish and stuff like that. Let the rod work for you. You know, yep. and that's what people need to go to your store for, John, to get the right rod so they have the right gear to fish with when they come on my boat. Well, we got to do it, Captain Chuck. Captain Chuck, Sea Adventure Sports Fishing uh what kind of trips are you running right now, and how can people contact you to get aboard? Because this is the time to do it. Yeah, you definitely want to get on a boat right away. Guys, we have a special going on for the next week here. We're running one-day trips every day uh, starting tomorrow, and it's $170 to go to an official to go catch one of these giant bluefin. And then Friday night, we have a two-day trip that we're definitely going to run. We only have 14 people on it. There's room on that trip also. Guys, I'm telling you, there's so much fish around, it's unbelievable. If it decides to take off, it is going to be Katie bar the door. And, and Chuck, are you running that on the Legend? Yes, we are. Boy, I tell you, I went out on that new Legend. You put the, the new heads in there, and I... It's been on a lot of boats, and there's a lot of great boats out there, but I cannot believe how comfortable the ride was. We were we were going into a, a pretty good south swell, coming on back, and that thing smoothed that ride out. And then as a fishing platform, it was fantastic. So congratulations on the work you put in that boat, and what a fantastic fishing platform the legend not only was, but still is and has become. And if you like to throw the iron, the bow of that boat is where you want to go to. That has got the greatest 
platform on the front of that boat for throwing iron that is uh, Vinny and the fleet, I think. All right. Well, Captain Chuck Taft from Sea Adventure Sports Fishing, thanks for being with us. Appreciate I know you've been busy. We appreciate taking uh, some of your Sunday night to be with us. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Don't hesitate, guys. If you're not going to fish with me, get on a boat because I don't know how long this quality of big fish is going to be here. Get on a boat and go catch one. There's some record fish. I wish I didn't have tournaments. I'd be gone. (laughs) Boy, I got to tell you, though, you can't beat going out on the legend for 179, for 170 bucks on an overnight trip. Oh, what a deal, especially this time. Hey, John? Yes. Why don't the three of you come go with me tomorrow night? I got plenty of room. I've only got 14 people. Oh, man, I'd love to. Leave me not into the temptation. The only thing that's stopping you is fear and common sense because you're going to have to pull too hard on them big fish. Uh, that's <laughs> I'll be in a private boat tomorrow. I'll see you out there. <laughs> okay. Good Chuck, fishing, everybody. Thanks All right, for Chuck, the thanks. invite. Hey, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, well, this looks like it's become bluefin tuna time, uh, uh, talk, but you know what? We're going to change gears because coming up in the next two segments, Stan is going to take us on the tour of the Eastern Sierras, get us updated on what's happening and a lot of the vital points there. You're listening to the Rod Reel Radio on AM540 or rodreelradio.com. Sorry we went a little over on this segment, but there's still plenty of Sierra, High Sierras Fishery Report to come on uh, coming up next. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after these messages. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. This is Captain James Nelson. As a full-time fishing guide in San Diego, I am not only able to show my guests a memorable time on our waters, but my clients get to fish the same quality gear I choose to use. Whether pulling on drag-screaming bonefish in San Diego Bay, huge largemouth bass from our local lakes, or the feisty calico bass and yellowtail in our local kelp beds, I choose Cousins Fishing Rods to fit my needs. Quality fishing rods from Cousins Tackle keep me doing what I love to do. Take this from a dude that fishes for a living. Whether you fish saltwater or freshwater, bass or tuna, Cousins Tackle handcrafts their all USA made fishing rods with you, the angler, in mind. Check out their full line of high quality fishing rods at CousinsTackle.com 
or call me, Captain James Nelson, at 619-395-0799 for my personal recommendations. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here, and it's time to go on the Chief. For those who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips, ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six-ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. Welcome back to Rod and Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So's Wendy Tushahara. I'm your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. And, you know, Stan and Wendy, uh, working here at the tackle store in the the past few weeks, I've had customers coming in that have visited the High Sierras. There have been some areas there that has been absolutely gangbusters. Other areas, the fishermen have really been struggling to try and catch limits of fish in. So, who better to go to than Stan Vandenberg to try and get a hold of his contract uh, contacts there on the Eastern Sierras, just to find out what the latest conditions are in fishing those areas. So, Stan, I know you have put together a roundup on what's happening in the eastern Sierra, so you want to start uh, taking it away for us. Well, I know that we've had, we've had uh, actually a pretty good start, and then the weather gets in the way, and then it gets a good start, and then the weather gets in the way. We've had some storms blowing through, which is good because we got rain, we got snow. I think we're going to start first up with uh, June Lake, uh, in the loop there, we'll talk to Dave, who runs in the uh, the shop up there at June. Uh, Dave, are you with us? Yes. I sure am. Hey, welcome to the show, Dave. Well, thank you. Well, you know, we've had a pretty good start for the season, I think. We had that uh, little bit of weather come in at the start. But now that, you know, summer's effectively started here the last weekend here with Memorial Day. And what's been happening with June Lake and what's been happening in the loop? Well, the June Lake, uh, the early bite's been the best. Um, people are using, they're trolling the surface in the early morning hours, trolling a Matukas or a Wooly Booger, having great luck with that. We've had a bunch of four and five pounders brought in. We did have a 12 and a half pounder brought in. It was like a week and a half ago. And, a 12 and a uh, half pounder a week and a half ago? weather's been very, very cooperative this week. <laughs> We've had beautiful weather this week. 
You had a 12 and a half pound fish? Yes, sir. Rainbow brown? Uh, rainbow. Wow. It, was it, that it a... had to be in the lake for quite a while. You know that? a half pound brown. He caught it on garlic, garlic power bait. Garlic seems to be the ticket up here, whether you're using worms, lures. If you use a little lunker lotion, put it on there. Garlic has really seemed to be the trick. You know, garlic um, has been the trick in this year since I was a kid. We used to use garlic cheese. Um, it, garlic, any garlic power baits, garlic gulp worms, garlic, uh, you can put it on your lures, you can put it on your night crawlers, you get that lunker lotion, just garlic is the ticket. I think we've got a bunch of Italian fish in here. So what, on opening day, Dave, because we haven't had a chance to really chat since, since it started here, what was the big fish opening day? It, it, uh, the biggest fish here was six and a half. But that's still good fishing. Oh, yeah, and it was a cut, and it was a beautiful cut. See, now, cutthroat is the native, actually the native fish for this year, and we're just seeing a really big comeback in that fish nowadays. They've been nurturing yes, that yes for a while. Yes, it is, and we're also going to start a cut, uh, cutthroat rearing program here for the loop for Gold Lake, Silver Lake, and June Lake. Well, that's we have great. Our own fish farm. Now, that's really good. I know John's been involved with a lot. John Fredrickson is the owner, or the guy that runs everything out there, and he's been handling everything in June Lake, and he's, he's involved with Crowley also. And I know he and Tim Alpers have done a great job over the years of of really promoting yeah, that. So yeah, that's good really news. Yeah, they've really been stocking the lakes good. That's what brings people up here, the big fish. Now tell us, how's the fishing been from the shoreline, and how does this drought, if at all, affecting conditions up there? Well, conditions here at June Lake were spring-fed lakes. So it really hasn't affected a lot. There is a lot more shore fishing now because the lake level has gone down five feet in the last four years, which allows people to do a lot more fishing from shore. But if you're going after the big ones, you really got to go trolling or dropping deep. You know, mm-hmm. and are they using lead core line? Uh, lead core uh, right now it's seven to eight colors. It, last week it was five to six colors, but I think the fish are dropping now. Down lower now, the water's turning, if you know what that term means, the oxidization of water. Yes. And it's, they've had pretty good luck trolling, but only in the morning on the troll. Otherwise, just Duncan is working great throughout the course of the day. You Even know, we were talking really earlier, Dave, about the uh, the bait fishing on the shore. Fishing off the shore has been better than the trolling sometimes. Um, the water, you're getting changing of water in the Sierras nowadays. Yes, yeah, so right, right along the shore where they're fishing, most people are shore fishing, is where the reeds and the bugs are coming out and hitting the top of the surface, which is bringing more fish to the shoreline especially in the afternoons when it's warm. Now, how about stocking? Uh, does the uh, Department of uh, Fish and Wildlife, do they still have a, uh, a regular schedule of stocking uh, uh, for the lakes up there? Yes, sir. They, they, they stock it every two weeks, and we also get a county stock where they down from Desert Springs, Oregon, and they stock the you know two to, two to five pounders in. They do that once a month. I think our next stock is in June. Has the loop? Uh, on the whole, been pretty good this year? Oh, uh, Gold Lake's been bringing in some big ones, Silver Lake. Now, Grant Lake is down real low, but what that did, it, it allowed the, all the fish that are in there, especially the big browns, because they'll procreate in the creek there, into a smaller fishing area. So they've really been bringing the browns in down at Grant Lake. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, how, so, how, how out of the boats or even offshore? Uh, both. Really? And That's both good. Of, um, people, you know, it's hard for them to get down to the shore now. Um, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, because the lake level had dropped so much that it was muddy, but now it's starting to dry pack, and people are able to get their boats out there. But there have been people having good luck on 
shore and boats and where the stream comes into the Grant Lake's been really good. Well, that's pretty good stuff, you know. The and there, down there, it's a lot, a lot of rooster tails, mouse tails, um, salmon eggs are working real, real well for those browns. So, what are the, uh, any of the garlic baits or the salmon eggs? Really, salmon eggs? The the yep. standard row, you mean? The, no, just regular salmon eggs like uh, Atlas and Pawlitzkis. Now, wow. what was working really good here was those gulp uh, artificial eggs that come on a string in a jar, and they're soaked in garlic oil. So we had one couple come in here and cut. They, they think they caught 17 or 18 fish. They kept four, but they were all beautiful, two beautiful cuts and two beautiful rainbows. So those little, um, uh, they're not real um, salmon eggs. No, no, they're, they're artificials, but, but that, that, that means yeah, the fish are starting to garlic. <laughs> When you get that kind of a bite, some, there's a spawn that's already gone on, uh, and the fish rolled back into the lakes, and then whatever's the, the fish will... For the other lakes, that's true. But for this lake, it's not, because there's no stream or creek for them to spawn in. It's a spring-fed lake. There's no inlet or outlet on this lake. Well, then it's just the garlic. Just the garlic. Just the garlic, right. Hey, uh, tell us, uh, how long is the season going to go for, and how are the crowds up there right now? I mean, is this... A great oh, it's, time it's to go up and period. visit you. you know, Memorial Day was good, and then it generally drops off between Memorial Day until school lets out, and then it's it's every day, every boat, everything's out. Um, we get bigger stockings in the summertime from fishing game, fishing wildlife. But right now, it's it's we're right in the slow period after Memorial Day and before school lets out. People start taking vacations. Time wow. to go, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Time to go. I stop in all the time when I'm up there. If I want to know what's going on, the one one of the guys or one of the places you're going to stop to ask questions to, always go to the marina at June Lake. You can talk to Dave or the people that are in there. They give you good information. I mean, I was up there right after a, a tournament happened, and you know, I asked. The, I don't. I don't even try to be knowledgeable anymore. I just want to know what do you know and what have I? What do I throw and where do I go? And, that, yeah, and that's you're what's going to go someplace. Place, always ask. come in and they tell us, and then we pass that information on to our other customers. That's the important part. Well, give us your your phone number here, real quick. And if people want to come up to June Lake or or rent a boat or get a place and and maybe even run down to the other lakes, run the loop, you can always come up and talk to Dave and and the gang there. What's your phone number? Seven six zero six four eight seven seven two six. Well, Dave, thanks for the great report. We'll uh, send some people your way, but we're going to go on here. Thank and, you, Dave. Uh, all righty. It was nice talking to you folks. Thanks for being All right, buddy. Well, keep them coming, all right? We'll talk right. to you a little. As we go through the summer, we're going to make more contact here. All right. All right. Now we're going to take a little jaunt up north, and we're going to talk to uh, Jim Reed with Ken Sporting Goods in Bridgeport. Ken, are you with us? I am. How's all? I mean, that's Jim. Doing? I'm sorry. It's Jim Reed at Ken Sporting Goods in uh, Bridgeport, California. And if you ever drive through Bridgeport, you'll you'll know the oldest courthouse in in California is right there. And right next to the courthouse is Ken Sporting Goods. And Jim, you've been doing reports for us for years here. Uh, let us know what's going on here. What with the, especially the reservoir lower twin kicked out some good fish this year. What's happening with the, with the rivers, the East Walker, the West Walker? Um, everything's kind of hanging in there right now. Uh, Bridgeport Reservoir, of course, is way down. 
um, probably 60 or 70 percent low, but the water temperatures are good. The bugs are hatching good. Uh, most days has been, have been pretty good out there. Uh, we've seen fish up to about nine pounds or so. Um, we're seeing out of the a lot reservoir? Of At the reservoir, yeah, some big, big rainbows have been turning up. Uh, haven't seen one for a week or so, but uh, there's been several in the nine-pound range taken. Um, there's a lot of nice little browns that are running a pound to two pound on the reservoir right now. So those are pretty good. They're catching the troll. With the lake down low, that's kind of a, everybody was wondering whether it was going to survive there for a while. But uh, with even as it sits, uh, is the shore fishing been any good? A nine-pound fish out of the reservoir is doggone good already. Yeah, that's pretty pretty dandy fish for the reservoir, absolutely. Uh, the guys from shore are picking up a couple fish here and there, but the the main action has definitely been out of boats. So what are they trolling? Uh, you know, the best thing going has been uh, small Rapalas, like a little hot steel color or a fire tiger color. Uh, the bright colors in that reservoir seem to do the best. Um, they've also been picking up some really nice perch in the two, and some of them going up to almost three pounds. There you go, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to go there. <laughs> They've got that Sacramento perch, or both in, in, and I didn't know it for a long time either. That the, that perch is also in the reservoir at Bridgeport and in Crowley Lake. Great fishery. It's like a big, giant green crappie uh, that eats really well, actually. And yeah, very well. And, 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 so uh, the guys on the shoreline are doing. If, if you're going to shore fish, where do you go? You kind of need to be down in that uh, that area within about a half a mile of the dam. Uh, some guys are walking across the dam and fishing off those points on the backside. And then there's a, co- a big cove called the bathtub where all the boats are being launched right now. So they're kind of hanging out on those points uh, that get you out into the water a little bit more down towards the dam. Well, that's, and that's the deeper water, too. If you're at the other end of the lake, it's pretty shallow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, uh, what kind of crowds are you getting up there? We... You know, we asked uh, uh, Dave uh, up at June Lake, uh, are you guys still getting uh, pretty good crowds up there? Are you finding uh, that people are staying away thinking, well, everything's dried up up there? Uh, You know, unfortunately, I think some people do think that things are dried up and they're not coming. Uh, The crowds have been okay. Memorial weekend was pretty good for us. Um, This weekend, we have a couple of big fishing clubs that come up to town, so that always is a good bump. you know, the the main thing about the, this drought, it, it definitely has an effect on the waters, especially in the eastern Sierra. Uh, but there's, it's more about changing your tactics, I think, and focusing on waters that aren't quite as affected as, as others, uh, you know, with the low water. All right. Hey, Jim Reed from Ken Sporting Good up in the Bridgeport area. Jim, if people want to get a hold of you, find out what they should bring with you, uh, Get some local information on uh, what to do when they get up there. How's the best way to get a hold of you? Just give us a call anytime. Uh, our number is 760-932-7707, and uh, we can definitely get you hooked up. All right. Hey, Jim Reed from Ken Sporting is uh, telling us uh, about what's happening in the Bridgeport area. And, and uh, Jim, we want to thank you very much for being with us and uh, giving up some of your Sunday night. I know you guys are busy up there, so we appreciate your time very much. You bet anytime. All Take right. care, Jim. Thank you. Hey, Stan, yep, you we got to take a break right now, but I know you got more coming on up. Yep, we do. All right, you're listening to. I'm going to give up my secret weapon. <laughs> okay. Hey, but before he does that, you're going to have to listen to a few commercial messages. 
from Ron Real Radio. Hey, this is Stan, Wendy, and Hopalong. We're on uh, Ron Real Radio on AM540 or at ronrealradio.com. And if you missed any of the show, it'll be archived at about Tuesday at ronrealradio.com on the archive page. And you can listen to it then or you can download it and listen at your leisure. Hey, we're going to take a break right now, but more coming on up from the Eastern Sierras after these messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call one 800 227 7262 or just spell bass boat 1-800-BASS-BOAT I know there's too many letters but the T is free and the call's on me that's 1-800-BASS-BOAT the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance for more information log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.COM my angler h to earth like the mighty flounder I will keep one eye on the pole and the other watching for rogue waves I'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate talk like a pirate day. Aye. I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. It's tuna time, and it's time to reserve your spot on one of the newest boats in the fleet. The 70-foot Sea Adventure 2 is the open party boat at H&M Landing in San Diego and has a roomy, comfortable galley that seats up to 24 passengers with all the comforts of home, including two big satellite flat-screen TVs, soda fountain, ice maker, and satellite phone. The huge new bait tank and slammer ensure plenty of bait for everyone, and two four-ton refrigerated fish holds, both RSW and blast-free, have plenty of room to keep your catch as fresh of the minute you caught it. Reserve your spot on the Sea Adventure 2 online at hmlanding.com or call H&M Landing at 619-222-1144. And we do want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Hey, you you heard that advertisement from Sea Adventure Sports Fishing. We had Captain Chuck Taft on uh, uh, just a few minutes ago. He's offering a great rate to go on a legend on an overnight trip. 170 bucks. You can get a hold of them at H&M Landing, but if you want to speak to Sea Adventure Sports Fishing in person, you can get a hold of them at 760-753-8394. Get a hold of Sea Adventure uh, uh, Sports Fishing to find yeah. out any of the questions that you need to know on how to get aboard 
one of these boats uh, that Chuck Taft runs, I can guarantee you it'll be a great trip for you. Well, Stan, we're uh, we're going back to the uh, Eastern Sierras. Uh, I know you've tried to line up some uh, guests. I don't know whether or not Jr.'s been able no to worries. make that connection, but take it away. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, for the last more than 30 years, actually, we have had a tournament up, up at Crowley Lake called the FATIT, F-A-T-I-T, Finest Annual Trout Invitational Tournament. And you're always looking for the edge, you know. How do I find out what these fish are doing? And you're looking, you try to get as much information as you can. And, and you're always looking for some guy up there that has knowledge that you can utilize when you get up there to try to catch the biggest fish in the lake on the two days that you're up there fishing. Now, I've kind of kept it in my pocket, but I'm going to share the secret to <laughs> my secret for the Sierras. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go up to Crowley Lake and go play, one of the best guys on the pond is a good friend of mine named Joe Cantaldi. He used to work for, he was a manager for Sports Chalet. He moved up to Mammoth and started fishing up there. Now he runs a guide service on Crowley Lake and around the area up there out of Mammoth. And Joe, welcome to Rod and Real Radio, buddy. Hey, man, thanks for having me on, Stan. Really appreciate it. Well, this guy here, if I want information on Crowley Lake, I call Joe. Now, since I'm not going to the tournament <laughs> this year, I'm going to share with you guys, if you want to go up and fish the Sierras out of Mammoth or, or Crowley Lake, this is the guy you call, and you can go fishing with, whether you want to fly fish or troll Crowley or whatever else. But, Joe, it's been a pretty spectacular year already. You do a lot of the fly fishing and the the trolling around in the Sierras up there, for especially on Crowley, because I know you guide right there. So what's been happening? Well, you know, it's uh, it's it's been uh, it's been phenomenal. You know, you think with this drought that we're having, uh, people keep saying some you know negative things about the Sierras, and Crowley itself uh, is an amazing fishery. We have right now three species of trout in there that we are continually seeing bring uh, to the net. That's your, your brown trout, your rainbows, and even these beautiful cutthroat trout that have really taken a good hold in the lake. Uh, we're seeing fish over 20 inches on a regular basis. So those three to four pound fish are pretty common right now in the lake. Um, and then we got the bruisers that are pushing 10 pounds now. You know, already a couple cutties have uh, hit the 10 pound mark. Well, this um, is pretty amazing last, right there. Right? right? You, you can stop right there. You were, we, not, we, were not, we were talking a little earlier. I mean, a month or so ago, about the, he's fly fishing the the Owens, and he's taking people up and guiding them around after the the opener, and and he's got pictures on his website of these great spawning cutthroat that are five plus pounds. I mean, big fish that when they go great. back into the lake and they start to chew, because the cutthroat's got a mouthful of teeth and they're a meat eater. They're like a brown trout, but they stay deep and they and when they eat, you know, they want to eat meat. Then this fish is going to really come into play, I think, this year at Crowley Lake. More than more than we've seen over the last bunch of years, we've got more of them out there. I know we had huge stocking from uh, some of the places that had to get rid of trout and the only place they could put them in was to Crowley for for larger fish. So I know that there's been at least one seven-pound fish a week or so since the opener was caught by the people up there, and there's a lot of big fish being caught. Yeah, yeah, and that's, uh, you know, as a, as a guide, you know, I've been fishing this water for a long time, and um, I don't think I've been more excited about going out every day than this year because of the quality of the fish. 
the cutthroats that we have are already showing uh, potential. I mean, they look like the Pyramid Lake uh, cutthroats people are pulling out of there in Nevada. So we have a lot of potential here. Um, I think this year someone's going to definitely get that over 30-inch cutthroat and uh, pushing the, you know, the 12 to maybe a 15-pounder. So the browns, too, we have a huge population of browns that have developed over the years from um, you're, you know, the tournament that you're involved, the FATF tournament itself, who puts back fish into the fishery. And, and, you know, and also our fly fishing tournaments that we have every August where we put the fish back into the lake, too. So it's all a good thing. And DFG has done a good thing over the years of putting the fish in there. So now, as far as what to do up there, you're mentioning these uh, cutthroat. We're finding them in deeper water, and they're anywhere from three to six feet off the bottom. Um, and we're getting these fish in about 25 to 27, 28 feet of water right now. Um, anglers uh, trolling in deeper water down to 40 have been doing well, too. Um, but I tell you, the fish, the body of the fish right now have been off of stormy, um, stormy flats out through McGee. Um, and 20 feet, of, uh, 20 feet of water in McGee and then 20 to... 26 feet of uh, water out in stormy flats. And that's what uh, the bait anglers have been doing, the fly anglers have been doing. And the trollers are trolling right around that range, too, and trolling out deeper. So, But I, one thing I will say, the fish are they're really liking that three, three feet off the bottom and uh, up to, you know, I've seen them cruising as far as four feet off the surf, down below the surface. So they're really in that, you know, kind of from the three-quarters of the way down there and up into the upper part of the water column. You know, that's a, a tr it's kind of a trick. If you've got meters and you're going to go to the lake and you're going to start uh, trolling around, you know, keep an eyeball on your re your meter. And when a lot of times when you see the fish, especially right now, you're going to want to troll something that looks like a small trout, uh, rainbow or brown. They don't have a yeah. small cutthroat type thing, but these fish are all meat eaters at this point in time. When they come out of the spawn and they get out in the lake, they want to eat the meat. And yeah, so, absolutely. you know, what are they trolling most of the time out there, bud? You know, the big the big thing is the Tasmanian devils. They're probably one of the most productive ones out there right now no uh, for the trollers. And then, uh, you know, the inflated nightcrawler stand has been pretty deadly out there for uh, the bait anglers Forever. along with power bait. <laughs> You know, um, you can't beat that wiggly worm once you get, and if you get it in the right zone, um, man, it's it's unbelievable what that worm will do. So that's that's been a hot ticket. And then for the fly anglers, we're doing the same thing. We're just hanging our midges in that area between uh, two feet to three feet off the bottom, and we we are fishing as deep as twenty five feet to get some of these bigger fish. Um, How do you do that with like a fly? Uh, you you're you can't use an indicator, can you? You know, it's, uh, nowadays we have uh, indicators that are actually slider stands, so you can um, create your own leader and put this sliding indicator on, and you can have it slide all the way down um, to your first hook. We, you know, we, we usually use two flies, and uh, it's it's really amazing. So, you know, a company like Sierra Drifters has a great sliding indicator that I would recommend, and that's what we use on our boat. Right. Perfect. Hey. Hey, Joe, so whenever you set the hook on these fish, you don't have to worry about that 20-some-foot leader because you're winding that, that fluorocarbon, which we're using, right through your guide and onto your reel. And then it's, the indicator slides all the way down because it's, there's a way to turn it, a knob on it, to just adjust it where it grabs onto the, mono, uh, the fluorocarbon, I should say, and doesn't really damage it. It still slides down. Joe, just quickly, uh, 
Let's say I'm a fisherman that uh, I hear about this fantastic fishing at uh, Lake Crowley. Never been there before. I contact you and say, hey, Joe, take me out on a trip. What, you know, in about the minute or two that we have left here, tell me what can I expect to do and and what do I have to bring? Well, um, on any of our trips that we do, you just show up. We have our gear ready to go. Um, We try and... and, uh, promote the fly fishing part of it because once you experience this with a fly rod it's an amazing uh, experience and it's just it's, it's transferring from the spinning rod to the fly rod but we're just hooking them these big fish on a fly rod and it's kind of it's very very much an exciting experience so that's kind of what we get you going with um, from there you're going to be out in the water you're going to land fish there's no doubt when we take you out that's how good this lake is you're going to get fish on this trip um, and that's how we like to call it. So it's not a hard session. You just show up. If it's a half day, you know, we're going to sit there and supply everything for you. You show up at the marina, we put you on the boat. If it's a full day, we include uh, sandwiches and lunch there for you. On the boat, we also have plenty of waters and Gatorades for our clients. Um, yeah, we try and cater to you. We make sure you have a great experience out there on that lake. And if I'm a family man or, or I've got friends, how many people can you accommodate on each boat, Joe? Well, what we do is uh, all our, the boats that we have are 20 footers plus. Uh, we can put a maximum of four anglers on the boat. Uh, we have cut rates, for, especially for if you bring your kids, because um, we, we're big about promoting the young people. So if you have anybody who's under the age of 16 and under, and you bring them on your, along your trip, they're going to get a half-off fee uh, by themselves. So um, it, they're added to the trip. So we, we definitely try to promote more kids and more family activities on our trips. Outstanding, outstanding. And, Joe, uh, last question before we let you go. How's the best way to contact you for a trip or to see what your schedule is or, or whatever needs to be done to get together with you to get out on a trip? Thanks. Uh, the best way is to contact me directly on our line. It's 818-288-0583. And then the other way is to go to Facebook and type in Performance Anglers, and you will uh, be able to list up our, 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 our Facebook site. And the other one is to contact me on Facebook at Joe Contaldi. And how do you spell your last name, Joe? It's going to be Joe and then the C-O-N-T-A-L. All right. Hey, well, Joe. That way you can update yourself. Make, uh, if you want to connect as a friend with us, that way you get updated daily on our reports and what's going on. And uh, we also fish all the other bodies of water up here, too, along with uh, Crowley Lake. All right. Hey, well, Joe, we can't thank you enough for being with us tonight <laughs> and, and taking some of your Sunday night to do that. Thank you for a great report. Hey, my my secret weapon, big being... people. That's my secret weapon right there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, look out, Stan. <laughs> All right. Hey guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, man. Have a good one. All, All right, right, buddy. Thank you for the report. Hey, Stan, and good job getting all these guys together and, and to give us the report. That has to be the best report on the high Sierras that anyone's going to hear anywhere. And it's the latest up-to-date factual information. Great job, Stan. Thanks for putting that together. Oh, you're more than welcome. That was pretty fun. All right. And, Wendy, thanks a lot for your contribution tonight. Uh, Good luck uh, going out there after those big bluefin tomorrow. 
Oh, thank you. I'm setting up my trolling rods right now. Right. You might want to use that with a bait rod, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. I'm planning on it. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for tonight. we got to stick a fork in it. we got we want to thank JR and the AM540 Studios for making all these contacts because, you know, this is live radio and... And Jr. has to push a lot of buttons and put a lot of people on hold and get things organized and put it together the the way we like to do it. And Jr. you did a great job. Also, want to thank Ben Harvey. He's our local uh, uh, producer here for putting together uh, all the new ads and the schedule. And as always, we want to thank Big Tuna Bill for this legacy that he has left. Stan, Wendy, and ourselves. Big Tuna Bill, you're always in our mind. So. On behalf of Stan Vandenberg, Wendy Toshahara, I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. Get out there and get them. It's going to be a great week of fishing. Stay safe. We look forward to seeing you on the water. For now, we're out. Good night, everybody. That's old Cindy Lou going with me. Gone fishing. Mm-hmm.